You probably hear thought leaders, authors, influencers on LinkedIn and other places talk about leadership all the time. They talk about how important leadership skills are and how everyone should be a leader. And you might be thinking, hey, I don't want to be a leader. I just want to do great work. But here's the thing. Given that low UX maturity is so incredibly rampant in the software industry today, I would argue you can't do great work without possessing some of the skills that make great leaders great. So stick around, and I'll give you some insights into why I think leadership skills are critical for your success as a UX professional. What's up, UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked you're here. And if you haven't done it already, consider liking or subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are regular here, if you feel like you're getting some out of the show, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. That'll help me out way more than you know. And of course, if you think this show is worth sharing, I'd love it if you told some friends. So have you thought about your career? I mean, really thought about your career? Have you thought about your goals? Have you thought about where you want to be five, maybe 10 years down the road? Maybe you want to go down the management track. Or maybe you want to be a badass individual contributor at the top of your game laying low, just doing great work, no need to worry about all that annoying HR BS that goes along with being a supervisor. There's no shortage of leadership gurus on LinkedIn or social media. And when you see people online talking about leadership, what comes to mind? Have you thought about leadership? Have you always dreamt of being a leader? Or does the thought of being in a position of leadership fill you with dread? (laughs) Does it make you want to run for the exits? Personally, I think given the state of the UX profession today and the low UX maturity at most companies, it's pretty hard to do our job if we don't want to lead in some way, or at the very least have a certain skill set that many good leaders possess. A lot of times I see people conflating management and leadership, assuming these two things are one and the same, but I don't think that's accurate. Now, hopefully your manager is also a good leader, (laughs) but there are lots of managers out there that are terrible leaders. And there are likely right now several people in your team who have no official authority, but I bet lots of people would consider them leaders in one way or another. So how do we define leader? What's interesting is there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of agreement on this. Even Simon Sinek, one of the first people that might come to your mind when you think about leadership says, we don't have a good standard definition for what a leader is. And sure, there's the Webster's definition of leader, which I think is awful, You go look it up if you want, but I don't think it really applies to what most people today would consider a leader in 2022. And it's definitely not what a lot of the leadership influencers online would probably use to define leadership. So that really begs the question then, what is leadership anyway? A while back, I came across an article from Inc. Magazine by the author of Emotional Intelligence 2.0. His name's Dr. Travis Bradbury. And he attempted to define leadership. And I think this might be one of the best definitions I've come across. And in his article, Bradbury starts out by talking about what leadership is not. And I think before we talk about the definition, let's talk about what leadership is not. I think it's worth highlighting that here. So leadership has nothing to do with seniority or one's position in the hierarchy of a company. You know, let's hope your company's senior executive team is full of a bunch of great leaders, but we all know that this isn't always the case. Lots of times people are just given promotion after promotion after promotion and end up as senior this or that without any thought about how well they will actually lead the team. So don't mistake companies' senior leadership, quote-unquote, for actual leaders. Leadership has nothing to do with titles. Leadership isn't always about leading anyone on paper. 
It's not about titles. Having an important title does not make you a leader, and being a leader doesn't necessarily mean that you lead anyone on paper. You can lead in your community, you can lead at work, you can lead on your team, wherever, without having any official mandate. Leadership has nothing to do with personal attributes. And as Bradbury says in his article, leadership isn't an adjective. It's not for just one specific type of personality trait. You don't have to be an extrovert or have a bunch of charisma to practice leadership. And charismatic extroverts don't automatically become great leaders. And lastly, leadership is not management. Management and leadership are not synonyms. Having 10 direct reports does not make you a leader. It makes you a supervisor. Managers have very specific jobs that they need to complete, like planning, measuring, monitoring, coordinating, hiring, firing, talent reviews, all these things. Managers should spend their time managing things, and leaders lead people in different ways. Leadership is not about managing people or things. So what is Bradbury's definition of leadership? So here's what he says. Leadership is a process of social influence that maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a greater good. And while I think that's a pretty good definition, I found a response to Bradbury's article by a guy named Justin Barrasso. And while his definition is similar, I think it's actually a better definition. It's a little nuanced, but it goes like this. And I quote, Leadership is a process of social influence that works to increase the efforts of others in pursuit of a common goal. And the reason why I like this one better is that it highlights the forward progression without giving absolutes. So instead of maximizes the efforts, it's works to increase. And instead of towards the achievement of a greater good, it's in the pursuit of a common goal. And it's nuanced, but it's different. You might not actually move the needle to the right, and you might not actually finish what you set out to complete, but that doesn't mean you aren't leading a team that is trying to do it. It's the pursuit of the common goal that's important. It's the social influence that's important. It's inspiring a team to move in a certain direction that is what makes you a leader. And notice none of this is about managing, hiring, firing, planning, tracking, monitoring, or any of the things that managers might do. Managers can do all these things and not inspire anyone to do anything. Leaders do. So why is leadership for designers so critical to success? Well, I briefly touched on this a few minutes ago, but remember that UX maturity is pretty abysmal across the board. We could probably do an entire episode about UX maturity, But I think it's worth diving into what this means and why leadership is critical for the success of the UX profession right now. The Nielsen Norman Group has a survey that asks a series of 13 questions that help rank an organization on a scale from one to six, and they call this their UX maturity scale. So it goes like this, absent, limited, emergent, structured, integrated, and at the very top, number six is user-driven. So absent is just like it sounds, non-existent. They might not even have a concept of what a UX team might do. All the way to user-driven, which is reproducible, habitual, and beloved. So basically, the UX team is seen as a trusted and proven partner. So they're taken seriously, basically. So there's a ton to unpack here. So take a look at the show notes for a link to Nielsen Norman Group's assessment. I think it's definitely worth reading through the results. And if you have time, you should take the survey to see where your team stands. It might be really eye-opening. So where does leadership play into this? The results. (laughs) Out of the 5,371 UX professionals who responded, half said their organization was in a stage three, emergent. It's right in the middle, functional and promising, yet inconsistent and inefficient. The thing that jumps out to me here is promising. There is promise. There's a group of people that are looking for someone to show them the way. They just aren't there yet. Half of the organizations of the people that responded are in a relatively good spot in that all they need is someone to lead them to the promised land of user-driven. 
They don't need managers. They don't need planners or monitors or someone to do hiring or firing. They need someone to use social influence to work to increase the efforts of others in the pursuit of a common goal, which is user-centered design. They might not be looking for managers or executives or someone to do capacity planning. They need really great UX professionals that can inspire their teams to want to work together to create better software. And looking at the rest of the results, 17% fell in the second stage, limited, and 28% fell into the fourth stage, structured. And what's remarkable, and maybe even a little sad, is that only 4% fell into the fifth stage of integrated, and only 0.4% fell into the highest stage of user-driven. So what that tells me is there is huge opportunity for us as UX professionals to improve our teams and the way that our teams work for the better. So a lot of you out there are probably saying to yourself, yeah, that's great, but I'm a junior designer. I'm just starting out. How am I supposed to do any of this stuff? And to that, I would say you have a lot more to offer than you might think. But also, I will be the first to admit that some people just don't want to be that person. And that is totally fine. You don't have to be a leader. I think it's an important skill, but it's a skill that you can learn over time. And if you don't feel like you're there yet, the thing that I would ask you is to think about what you want out of your career. Where do you want to be in five years? What skills do you need to grow? How much do you want to grow? Get a really good idea of your own shortcomings and where you feel like you need support. And then think about the teams that you are thinking about joining, or maybe you have already joined, and ask yourself, am I in the right spot to grow? If you're in one of those organizations with low UX maturity and you aren't in a position where you can or want to influence the change that you need to grow, then you need to decide if you are going to stay or find a place where you can grow. As a junior designer, if you don't want to take on this responsibility and you just want to do great work, ask yourself how great your work will be if you continue with the status quo. If you are comfortable with that, great. You're one of the lucky ones. But if you're not comfortable with it, you should be thinking about how you can change it or consider leaving and finding a place where you can do great work and be supported. You just have to find the right team that will allow you to flourish as an individual contributor with your head down. Those places exist. You just have to look for them. So let's talk about individual contributors, ICs, and leadership. You might not be a junior IC. You might be more senior with several years of experience behind you, but you don't want to be in charge. Remember, do not confuse leadership with management. These are different. Some organizations have ICs going up to the same level as VP or even executive levels. These ICs at these high levels absolutely, without a doubt, need to be great leaders first and foremost. Yes, they need to do great work. Yes, they need to be super badass at their craft, but they also need to influence decision-making. They need to inspire. They need to coach. They need to be examples of how to do great work. They may not be making hiring and firing decisions. They might not be doing talent reviews. You might not go to them for a raise, but you should definitely be going to them for advice. You should be going to them for mentorship. You should be looking to them for inspiration. I want to stress that this is not only true for individual contributors at a really high level. This should be true, relatively speaking, for individual contributors at any level, regardless of your tenure, seniority, title, etc. People should be looking to you as the expert in your field. People should be looking to you as an expert at your level. Remember, individual contributors are not robots. They should influence product teams, discuss best practices, help to inform processes, push back when they see things that aren't right, and give opinions and direction on things that they think are important. These are all things ICs, individual contributors, should be doing without having any specific title or a written mandate to manage or lead a single person on paper. 
This is not the sole job of a manager. These are the behaviors of a good leader. And I would argue that this is the job of an individual contributor too. We should not be order takers as UX professionals, right? We should not be pixel pushers. We should practice critical thought. We should question everything. This is what makes great individual contributors great. So let's talk about leadership behaviors. I think when people throw the word leadership around, what they're really saying is we should act like leaders. We should have the behaviors of good leaders. These are behaviors that aren't reserved for people in management or supervisor roles, or even reserved for those in positions of authority or seniority. I think these are behaviors that make good leaders, yes, but these are also behaviors that will make you a truly effective UX designer, even if you're an individual contributor. So let's talk about what some of these behaviors might be. And this is not an exhaustive list. This comes from a few different sources. I've kind of rearranged them, relabeled them a bit. I added some that weren't included. Then I'll put some links in the show notes so you can review some of the articles that I reference. And I don't know, maybe you can come up with your own list. First, I think you need to be a good communicator. Next, you have to be confident. You have to be humble. You have to be empathetic. You have to have a mentor or coach mindset. You have to be curious. You have to be approachable. You got to be a critical thinker. You need to have grit. You have to have integrity. And lastly, altogether, you need to have high emotional intelligence. Let's talk about good communicator. If the main goal of a leader is to use social influence to inspire a team towards a common goal, I'm not sure how you do that without being a good communicator. I talk a lot about being a great storyteller, using stories to build empathy and get our teams to want to build the best possible products that we can for users. And I think it all starts with being able to communicate. But it goes beyond just influence. We have to be able to give feedback. And again, as a designer, understanding how to give feedback to other designers is critical for our success. If our teams are not moving in the direction that we think they should be moving, how do we show them the light and get them to move in the right direction if we can't give them feedback on how they should improve without alienating the entire team? And this goes well beyond the idea of just leadership. We have to be able to give feedback. We have to be able to sell our design decisions. We have to be able to push for the changes and maybe design tools or processes that our teams follow. All of this comes down to being able to communicate well. So good communication skills are critical for UX designers to master. You have to be confident. We have to make sure that what we're asking of our teams is the right thing to do. Some of this is related to how we communicate, to convey the confidence. We have to make sure we're moving in the right direction. We need to be sure of ourselves, not second-guessing every decision we make. No one wants to listen to someone who is constantly changing their mind, going against what they said the week prior. So confidence and speaking with confidence are critical skills for UX designers to master. Being humble. While being confident is important, (laughs) it's also equally important to understand when you're wrong and accept it. Changing your mind is fine when you're wrong. It's really important that we make sure people that work with us also know that it's okay to be wrong. Own up to it. Show the rest of your team that it's okay to fail as long as you learn something from it. Lead by example. Another aspect of this is not having a big ego. So you're the UX designer. Jane's the PM, Tim's the engineer. Everyone has a role to play, and your job as UX designer is no more or less important than anyone else in the team. Having confidence is great, but admitting when you're wrong is a critical skill for UX designers to master. Being empathetic. Empathy is critical for any UX designer, but it's also critical for a good leader. Understanding the stress your team is under, understanding where your team is coming from, Understanding why your team is making the decisions that they make will only help you to make better decisions. 
So we should really strive to have empathy, not only for our users. We need to have empathy for our entire team. And empathy is a critical skill for UX designers to master. A mentor mindset. So yes, you're a badass at your craft. But great leaders bring everyone else up with them. Working alone in a corner may make you a great designer, but really great leaders and even really great individual contributors know that the software they build is only as good as their weakest team member. Because at the end of the day, you can't carry poor performers on your back. Help them grow. Help them become better. Offer training wherever you think your team needs it. Help them understand what they're missing. Help make everyone as great as you. Having a coaching or a mentor mindset is a critical skill for UX designers to master. Being curious. Really great UX designers understand they don't have all the answers. They know there's always more to learn. They know there is always more to explore. They always strive to do better and discover what they don't know. They're constant students. They shut up and they listen. Really great leaders are no different. And they figure out where their blind spots are and they figure out what they need to do to get rid of them. They are constantly exploring new ideas and new ways to approach problems. They are never satisfied with what they know today. They are always looking to grow. And curiosity is a critical skill for UX designers to master. Approachable. Pretty much everything we've talked about up until now requires working with other people. A good UX designer and a good leader are approachable. They have an open-door policy. They're happy to hear feedback. They want to hear what you have to say, and they care why you're saying it. Your team needs to know that they can come to you with questions without fear of you lashing out or making them feel small. Your team needs to know that when they talk to you, they are in a safe place. So being approachable is a critical skill for UX designers to master. Critical thinker. As a UX designer, you're going to see a lot of data. You're going to hear from a lot of people. You're going to get a lot of opinions. And then you need to take all that data and opinions and synthesize it into a plan of attack. Does that data really tell you what everyone thinks it's telling you? Or is there more there waiting to be uncovered? Our job as UX designers is not to be order takers. I know it doesn't always feel like that, but truly effective UX designers take all of this in and then they give their opinions. But truly effective UX designers take all of this in, they synthesize it, and then they give their opinions. Or they design based on that feedback. It might not always be what our stakeholders wanted to hear, but still, our job is to think about all the things we hear and see holistically and then design the right product for our users, not our stakeholders. So being able to think critically about all the things that we see and hear is a critical skill for UX designers to master. They have grit. Grit is one of those things that you're going to have to learn to be successful in life in general. But as a UX designer, the fact is that with the state of the software industry today and with UX maturity low overall, you're going to get told no a lot. You're going to get left out of meetings and important conversations a lot. You're going to get your work picked apart. You're going to be asked to do things that you don't agree with. You're going to have to work with people you don't like or people that don't like you. You're going to butt heads with a lot of different types of conflicting personalities. But over a long period of time, not letting challenges, failures, rejections stop you is a critical skill for UX designers to master. They have integrity. Having integrity means you are principled. It means you are ethical and honest. It means you're reliable. It means your team can count on you. You do what you say. You practice what you preach. It means you accept responsibility when things go south. Integrity is one of those things that can be a catch-all. It can mean a whole lot of things to different people. But really, this one is important, and it kind of encapsulates several of the things we've already talked about. 
Integrity is something that is important inside and outside of work. And while this one is a critical trait for UX designers, this one might be just as important for you to master as a human being. So altogether, high emotional intelligence. A lot of these traits can really be summarized under the umbrella of emotional intelligence. And I hope that everybody listening is at least somewhat familiar with the concept of emotional intelligence. And if you're not, or even if you just kind of know what it is, but not really sure, understanding what it is and how to grow your emotional intelligence might be one of the best things that you can do for your career, regardless of what that is. It doesn't matter what you do. Mastering the skill might be one of the most important things that you can do to ensure your future success. The term emotional intelligence was created by two researchers, Peter Salavoy and John Mayer, uh, not that John Mayer, different John Mayer, in a research paper that they published in 1990. And Dan Goleman wrote a book in 95 that started to bring a lot of this into the mainstream. So if you think about it, 1990, 1995, that was not that long ago. So this is a relatively new concept in the business world. We could do an entire episode on this topic alone, but I think it's worth talking a bit about this one. Dan Goleman identified five major traits that make up emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, social skills. So self-awareness, you need to know your strengths and your weaknesses. What are you good at? Where do you need to improve? What can you really do? What do you need help with? Self-regulation. When you get bad news, how do you react? Do you blow up and yell and scream? Or can you control your emotions and respond in a calm and professional way? Motivation. What drives you? Are you motivated by more material things like money and power? Or are you motivated by more internal things? Have you found your why? Are you passionate about your work? Empathy. We've talked about empathy a lot already, but are you a good listener? How do you interpret body language and expressions? Are you able to read the room? Social skills. These skills help build trust and relationship among your team. These can be skills like active listening, verbal and nonverbal communication, maybe persuasiveness. These things help you connect with your team. And I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but Darren Hood has done a whole series on emotional intelligence and how it applies to the UX profession specifically. And if you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend you give it a go. Mastering emotional intelligence is critical for any UX designer, but this is something any profession can benefit from. According to some research studies, people with high emotional intelligence make an average of $29,000 more each year than people with low emotional intelligence. And according to one study, every point increase in emotional intelligence adds $1,300 to an annual salary. So even if you're passionate about your work, there's nothing to shake a stick at. So I think it goes without saying, emotional intelligence is critical for UX designers to master. So knowing all these things are all well and good, but how do you actually put it into practice? You might be saying, yeah, but I'm not in a position of authority or I'm so low in the totem pole, who's gonna listen to me? And to that I'd say, maybe no one will listen to you at first. <laughs> Remember that trade of grit that we talked about? This is exactly where it starts. So lead what you can lead. Think about where you are right now. What can you start leading today? Is there some low-level initiative you can start to own? Is there something you're passionate about? Maybe you want to start having your team care about? Is there maybe a group you can start? A craft club? A knitting club? Whatever. Some, Some kind of professional or networking group you can start. Start where you can start. Don't try to boil the ocean. Remember that highly emotional, intelligent people are more likely to be successful in most professional environments. So put these behaviors to practice Identify areas where you can start to lead, even if it seems relatively small and inconsequential to you. I promise that people will start to notice and you will start to be given more and more opportunities to lead bigger and better initiatives or projects. It's just a matter of time. Here's the thing. 
no one is going to be able to read your mind. So no matter what you want to do, make sure you speak up. If you want more responsibility and you want more opportunities to lead within your team, you have to speak up. You have to let your manager know. You have to ask. I hope by now you're having regular one-on-ones with your manager. This is a great opportunity to ask for help. Maybe you are ready to lead and you want more responsibility. Maybe you're not ready to lead and you want some help getting there. You can ask for training or advice on books to read. If you're lucky, your company might even offer leadership training. You can ask to be a part of that. And something I want to note here too is that after everything we've talked about today, you may still want to have no part, right? Maybe you still only want to be heads down. Maybe you still only want to work alone in a corner. Maybe you still don't want to be bothered with any of this other stuff. That's totally fine. Not everybody wants this, right? Or maybe you want it, you just don't want it right now. Maybe you have other things going on and you don't have time for this. That's totally fair. This isn't for everybody and that's okay. And for those of you who don't want any part of this, I have two bits of advice. First, is just like before, you need to speak up. You need to set the right expectations that this is what you want. Your manager needs to know what to expect from you and you guys have to be on the same page. Your manager may be expecting you to do some of these things, but if they know that this is not for you, You're setting the right expectations and you can be sure that you are delivering what you are expected to deliver. No more, no less. And second is that if you do want to be heads down and you just want to deliver great work, you have to be in the right organization that will support you and it will still help you to grow. And given that UX maturity is so low, getting a job as an individual contributor that has no interest in leading means you better be damn sure that you're getting in at a company that you are happy with. And this might be rare. So make sure you're joining a team that might be more established and might have a higher uh, maturity level and they can support an individual contributor with this mindset. Personally, I think that this might be a challenge, which is why I think that these leadership behaviors are so important to master. But I also want to give the impression that it's impossible. You just have to do your homework before you find that job. Network, talk to people who work there, talk to people who used to work there and get a sense for what that company is like, what that culture is like before you actually accept the job. Just know what you want. So to illustrate everything we've talked about, I want to give an example of how these leadership behaviors can be used to move your organization in a positive direction. Let's talk about accessibility and inclusive design. I don't have any hard facts or figures, but from my experience at least, accessibility and inclusive design are usually pretty low priorities at most organizations. It's not usually something that's on the top of leadership's mind when they're making decisions about roadmaps or features, unfortunately. So as UX designers, if we see that accessibility and inclusive design are something our teams are constantly overlooking, we have a decision to make. We can decide to put our heads down and focus on doing great work, not trying to stir the boat, or we can speak up and try to get our teams to pay more attention to these things. We can bring these things up in conversations with our product teams or stakeholders. We might be able to do some kind of presentation at an all-hands or a team meeting. We can start to incorporate it into our designs and sell it when we do design critiques. Remember that leading in this regard does not mean you have direct reports and you tell them what to do. Leadership means that we are using these skills that we've talked about to influence our teams towards the common goal of improving accessibility and inclusive design within our product. It might take a while, but if you change a few minds at a time over the course of a few months or a year, you're trending in a positive direction. And I would argue that that is leadership. We're not getting people to change just because they're doing what they're told. We are inspiring them to want to improve these things because they now have an understanding of why it is so important. And conversely, let's say we want to put our heads down and just pump out badass designs. If you really care about accessibility and inclusive design, 
One might argue that you really aren't able to pump out badass work in the first place if your team isn't taking these things into account. So here is where you have to decide if this organization might not be the right fit for you. Are you comfortable with this or do you need to leave? That's a decision you need to make. So when you think about leadership and whether this is something you should be worried about, please remember that most companies today won't know what to do with you as a UX professional. So unfortunately, like it or not, you need to be the change that you want to see. If you want to stay there, you need to lead that organization to change for the better, even if you aren't in a position of authority. So before I get out of here, I want to leave you with some closing words by the great Dolly Parton. If your actions create a legacy that inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are an excellent leader. Well, all right, y'all, that's it for me for today. I hope to help set the record straight on management versus leadership and why it's so critical for UX professionals to master some of these skills. Have you come up against any of this at work? Has mastering any of these skills helped you and your team to change for the better? Let me know what you think on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at hello at beyonduxdesign.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard today, don't forget, like or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you feel like you're getting some out of the show, I would love it if you left a five-star review to feed that algorithm. That would help me out way more than you know. And if you know someone who might find this stuff useful, I'd love it if you told them about the show. Sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes at beyonduxdesign.com. I hope you keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. And remember, you're more than a UX designer because there's more to UX than design. So until next time, take care, y'all. 